Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We hope that you enjoy this message and that it speaks to your heart. Well, today I want to continue a series that I've been in for the last two or three weeks called Pioneer, Pioneer, Blazing New Trails to a Better Life in Christ, Blazing New Trails for a Better Life in Christ. I don't know if you've got anything out of it, but I've sure gotten a lot out of this series And here's the thing, just like the pioneers before us, just like they had to leave behind some things, right? They had to leave behind some things and they traveled down new trails so that they could find a better life for themselves. I believe that we are called by God to travel down some new trails with him so that we can find a better life in him. Amen? That's the, that's the thing that that we've been kind of looking at. And, And so I believe as Christians, we are called to be pioneers, you know, people not afraid to leave, like I say, some things behind to explore new territory with Christ and be men and women with a desire and a drive to have a better life in Christ. And so we've looked at two important qualities about a pioneer of the West and how that applies to us in our, as pioneers for Christ. Number one was this, pioneers leave things behind to gain something better. Just like those pioneers left you know, behind low pay, not very much land, all that stuff. They left it all behind. Why? So that they could gain something better. I mean, they, they left behind bad things to find better things. They left behind good things to find greater things. And it's the same way in our lives. When we you know, give our lives to Christ, we say we're going to leave those bad things behind because we believe we can find something better in Christ. And when we get started in this walk with him, even sometimes he says, hey, I want you to leave that good thing so that I can give you something greater. That sometimes is hard, right? I mean, leaving it behind some good things, um, you know, and, but, but I'm telling you, when you do that and you give up some good things and you, you, you know, do what God has asked you to do, I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna to bless it. Uh, so that was number one. We leave behind things uh, to find something better. Number two was this. Uh, pioneers pay the price. They pay the price, just like the pioneers of the Old West. They were the first ones to cut the wagon trails, right? They were the first ones to dig the wells. They were the first ones to build the homes. Guess what all that is? That was a price that they had to pay for the coming generation and, and for the coming community and the coming world that was going to help them establish the territory that they lived in, right? They paid a price. Many of them paid a price of their own life. I don't know if you've read any history. I'm not a history guy, but I'm kind of interested in the cowboy culture, and so I read some of that. And many of these pioneers, they lost family members, they lost children, they lost all kinds of uh, you know, people in their lives because they wanted a better life. And so they paid the price, and, and it took you know, sacrifice, it took hard work. Well, that's the same thing. And when we look at our lives with Christ, pioneers for Christ, we, we are called to pay the price. You say, what does that look like? Well, it means that we have to sacrifice. I know it's not a fr- you know, friendly word. It's not a word that everybody wants to you know, talk about, sacrifice. I mean, that doesn't set well with most of us. But the truth is, when we sacrifice our life for Jesus Christ, the payoff is a lot better. Anybody with me? I'm just telling you, it is. It, it's a lot better. When we sacrifice our desires and we make God's desires our desires, Guess what? They're greater. They're better. 
I'm happier. I, it may not be as easy, but I'm happier at the end of the day. I have more joy. I have more peace because I've sacrificed what I think that I want for what he wants. And so, um, you know, again, you say, well, Bo, I don't have much to sacrifice. I don't have much to give. Well, here's, the, here's what the Bible says. You, you be faithful with the little that you have, and he'll give you much more. Be faithful with the thoughts that you have, with the, you know, the work that you have, with the, you know, responsibility that you have, the influence that you have, the blessings that you have, the money that you have. Be faithful with the little that he's given you, and he will bless you even more with the peace and the blessings and the, even the financial gain. And so we got to sacrifice things, uh, and that's part of paying the price, and then we got to work hard. If you want to have a great marriage, it takes work. If you want to have, you know, be a great employer, it takes work. If you want to have great kids, it takes work. And again, not just great kids that are good moral kids. I, you know, again, I always say this, but, but you know, good old boys die and go to hell. <clears throat> and good old kids die and go to hell. You got to know God. You got to know Jesus. And you got to teach that to your kids. And it, it takes work. It takes hard work. Um, but I'm telling you, if we will work hard and put the time in and pay the price for Christ, it will pay off. It will pay off. So those are the first two that we've covered. I want to look at another quality uh, that I, sh- I believe that we should have as pioneers for Christ. And it's this, number three. But here's number three. You ready for this? Number three. Pioneers share the gospel. <laughs> Thank you. I got my clapping golfing section over there. Pioneers share the gospel. Now, here's what I want you to realize. The pioneers of the Old West, guess what? They obviously search for new opportunities, right? They search for new hunting ground. They search for new trapping ground, new farming ground, new ranching ground. But there was one other reason that they wanted to explore and settle new ground. You know what it was? They wanted others to know Jesus. I don't know if you realize this, but the pioneers of the Old West, the pioneers in the back of the day, they, majority of them, not all of them, were majority of them, and a lot of them about, you know, from the stories and history, they were believers in Jesus Christ. And they took new territory, not only to settle it so that they could build crops, they they wanted to settle it so that they could reach more people and build the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. They even had a plan to do it. Um, I, I read about this, and again, I'm not a historian, but I read about this. They had a, a plan called this, the Plan of Union of 1801. Plan of Union of 1801. And you say, well, what was that about? Well, it was an agreement between the denominations in a joint effort to evangelize and to convert the American frontier to Christianity. They had a plan. All these denominations came together and they developed this this plan, this agreement so that they could reach more people for Christ and they did it together. And so they would have these traveling preachers that would travel around and establish new churches in these new territories. They would have camp meetings and revivals and all these things. Why? So that they could spread the gospel across the American frontier. And guess what? This plan, you know, it lasted for 51 years. This agreement did. Um, but I, you know, you, I say that I, I believe it's still working even today. Amen. I mean, the gospel that was shared back then is still alive today, but here's the thing. I love this idea of people coming together, churches coming together, denominations coming together, you know, Bible believing churches coming together for one purpose, and that's to be the church and to spread the gospel. I've always said, it's not about our church. It's about the church. Amen. 
It's about the church. And so I love this idea because at Thousand Hills, you know, we have that same heart. And you say, well, what is it? Well, we, we are an interdenominational church. And you say, well, what does that mean? It's a big word. Well, at Thousand Hills, guess what? We celebrate the fact that we have people from all Christian backgrounds. Now, some of you guys, you know, you grew up in certain traditions, you know, certain denominations and all that stuff. We celebrate that. Now, you say, well, how do you guys get along? How do you do all that stuff? Well, we obviously have set our values. We have a code that we ride by here. Uh, it's called the Thousand Hills Code and, or code, and it's biblical, you know, it's biblical truth that we ride by to fulfill our purpose. But, but here's the thing. We've always said that our unity is not found in a denomination or a fellowship or anything like that. It's found in Christ. You know why we did that? Because here's why. This is the, the number one reason. I believe that that's what it's going to look like in heaven. Some of you guys grew up Baptists, and you're thinking, well, I'm not going to stand next to those Assembly of God people. <laughs> Guess what? You will in heaven. What are you going to do then? Jesus, would you uh, help that guy move? You know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, some of you guys, I mean, so, some, so many people have this, this, this divide in denominations, and I understand some of it, but at the end of the day, we're all, that all of us that have trusted in Jesus are all going to be in heaven, and we're all going to be standing toe-to-toe, side-by-side, praising God. Amen? So, so here's the thing. Why not practice that while we're here on earth? <laughs> And so, again, we celebrate our being united with the same purpose of telling others about Jesus. And so we celebrate that. Here's the fact. Pioneers of the Old West, they wanted every person that they met to find new life in Christ. And guess what? We should do the same. We should do the same. I want to give you an example. There's a guy named Paul. He's in the Bible, right? He wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, he was writing to a church in a town called Corinth, okay? And so it's it, the, the, the Bible, the book of the Bible is called Corinthians because he was writing to the Corinthian people in the town of Corinth. And he's writing to this church in, in Corinth, and, but this church had become complacent. It had become comfortable. So Paul writes this challenging letter to them, and listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this. It says, but, but we will not boast beyond limits, but we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God what? Assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to what? Come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. But our hope is that as what? Your faith increases our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. And I don't know if you get anything out of this, but I want to explain this real quick. Number one is this. Pioneers for Christ have been assigned a territory of influence. Think about it. Just like the people that, you know, settled the Old West, they were assigned certain territories, right? I mean, they said, okay, this two million acres, you guys can have any of that. But that's the assigned, you know, part. You know, when they settled Oklahoma, two million acres here, land run here, go get it. But they were assigned that. They were, they, and once they claimed it, guess what? 
Their goal was to claim it and to build those crops, but also to share the good news of Jesus. And so we too have been assigned, just like the pioneers of the old day, we've been assigned an area of influence. Did you catch it? In verse 13, it says this, but we will not boast beyond limits, but we will boast only with regard to the what? Area of influence. That is what? That God assigned to us. So you and I have been given an area of influence that God has assigned to us. And so here's Paul. He says, well, this church, it had been assigned to me. And I'm supposed to be here to reach the people in Corinth. And and can I just point out this? Uh, Paul was a true pioneer for Christ himself. Did you notice that? Did you catch that in verse 14? It says this, For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, or did not reach you, for we were the what? The first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. You know what Paul says there? He says, I was a pioneer. I was a pioneer for you. Paul was the first to travel to Corinth. The first. He, He was the first to tear down the religious barriers that said only the Jews could have Jesus. Or only the Jews were worthy of the good news of Jesus. He was the first to reach out to the Gentiles. You say, what's a Gentile? That's us. Anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. And so, you know, Paul was the first to reach out to them. He left everything that he knew. He, he paid the price so that others could know Christ. And so just like Paul, just like, you know, God assigned Paul the church in Corinth as an area of influence, God has assigned us to an area of influence. I don't know if you realize this or not. And some of you guys are like, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I have a territory of influence. Well, let me ask you a few questions. How many of you guys have a family? Raise your hand if you have a family. Everybody. How many of you guys have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. How many of you guys are old and you have grandkids? Yeah, how many of you guys are even older than that and you have great-grandkids? Well, here's the thing. You say, well, I don't, I don't know that I have a territory of influence. All of those people that you just raised your hand are your territory of influence. I'm just telling you, you know, because a lot of people are like, you know, my kids, they'll get it, man. They'll just bring them to church and they'll kind of, you know, they'll find Christ if I just bring them to church, you know. I'm just going to live it out. And, you know, if they see it, they see it, you know. And I, I hate that. You know why I hate that? Because it's a lame excuse for not opening your mouth and sharing the truth with your kids. And they die every day and they go to hell every day because parents are too lazy to go, oh, they're just going to get it. I'm not going to press it on them. Well, you press school on them. You make them do their homework. So you'd rather have them in education than salvation? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, I don't. I, I don't get it. Here's the, here's the whole idea. You have a territory of influence, and those are your kids. It starts with your family. It starts with, you know, those people that are closer to you than anybody else. How many of you guys have friends? Anybody got a friend? Raise your hand. Some of you guys can't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke. But some of you guys have friends, right? Some of you, how many of you guys have a job? Anybody have a job? Raise your hand if you have a job. Okay, you have co-workers. How many of you guys live in a neighborhood? Raise your hand. How many of you guys live in the country? Still got neighbors. They may live two miles away, but you still got them. You say, well, I don't have a territory of influence. Yes, you do. 
Yes, you do. I'll give you an example of the territory of influence, you know, in my own life. You know, I have three kids, and one of my goals is for them to love Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue that till they get out of my house, and then I'm going to even continue to pursue it, to teach them to love Jesus. Um, two of my children have given their lives to Jesus. They're 10 and 8, and then the little 6-year-old, he's a little... A little terror, <laughs> but he, he is so fun, man. He's got more personality as Pinky, and I have my whole body. I mean, he, he's just one of those kids, but, but we continue to pray for him, and we, you know, we've prayed since he was born that, God, that he would give his life to Christ at a young age so that he wouldn't waste his time and not live for Christ all his life. And so they're my territory of influence. I'll give you another example. I, you know, I get to ride with some great cowboys in northwest Oklahoma and Texas, there was another cowboy that I ride with. I've ridden with him for about six years. And um, the other day, he gives me a call and he says, hey, Bo, I'm having issues. I, I, need, I need some help. Um, my, my wife has left and uh, I, I need your help. And uh, so uh, here, here's the thing. After six years, I, I've ridden with this guy for six years. I keep saying six years. I've repeated that 16 times. But <clears throat> I've ridden with these guys for six years. And... Uh, after six years, this guy gives me a call and says, hey, Bo, I need your help. We, for, I'm just going to say this. For probably that whole time, I didn't say six years, we never talked about Jesus. But I prayed for him for six years that he would, you know, get softened so that I could share the gospel with him. And so last week, uh, he called. I met him in Shattuck at Pizza Hut, and I got to share Jesus Christ with him for the first time. Yeah. <clears throat> and he didn't pray right there and ask Jesus to come into his life over, you know, a salad and buffalo wings. He didn't, he didn't pray, <clears throat> you know, right there in Pizza Hut. But listen. Now, I, I believe that God has planted a seed, and he goes, you know, I don't, he goes, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready, or, you know, he made this statement, and I said, you're ready. This is your time. You just have a choice to make. God's not going to make you love him. You have a choice to make. And so after six years, I got an opportunity to sit with this individual in Pizza Hut and share the gospel with him. Guess what? He and those cowboys are my territory of influence. They're the people that God has assigned to me to share the good news. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, you know, what to do. Here's what I do. I, we, we created this awesome next step booklet. And in this booklet, it talks about you've chosen to saddle up and ride for Christ. What's the next step? But it doesn't just tell you what the next step is once you've given your life to Christ. It actually tells you how you can give your life to Christ. It goes through a simple, we call it the trail to salvation. And, 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 and it goes through simple scriptures and it, it explains, you know, like Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We define that and we say simply that means that everyone has sinned. And we go through this and we, we you know, have given people an opportunity to know what to say to people when they actually have an opportunity to share with them the good news of Jesus. And so you say, well, I don't know what to say. We have a booklet that can show you everything. These are free. You can grab as many of these as you want before you leave. And then you have something to hand to them. Guess what I handed to this individual at Pizza Hut? I handed him this. And I said, I don't, 
I don't, I, I don't have time and you don't have time to you know, go through all this, but I want you to take this home and I want you to read it. And so listen, you, you say, well, you know, I don't know what to say. Well, we have the Next Step booklet that you can use. And you can go online on our website. If you don't have that booklet, you can go online and find the Trail to Salvation on our website so that when you're sitting there with your friend, you can pull it up on your phone and you can go, hey, man, I've got this scripture. I want to read this to you. And, and I want to explain this really quick. And then you read it to them and you let the word speak for itself. And then they have an opportunity to give their life for, to Christ. So here's the thing. We have been assigned people of influence for God. And you say, well, I don't, again, I don't, I don't know who that per, those people are. I don't, I, well, again, I've named all those people, but here's the other side of it. He's also assigned you a church that you are a part of that has been assigned to reach a culture that has not been reached. <laughs> I don't know if you've read our purpose statement lately, but, uh, lately, but it says this, Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. You say, I don't have a territory of influence. Well, if you're a part of this church, guess what? It is expected of you to share the good news of Jesus with people so that we can grow the church. Not just this church, but the church and increase the population of heaven. Amen? And so you say, well, I don't know if I have a territory of influence. You do. You have been assigned. If you are called to be a part of our church, you have been assigned by God to, to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so number one is this. Pioneers for Christ have been assigned a territory of influence. Here's number two. And, and this truth uh, is what we learn from Scripture. Number two is this. If God can reach you, he can reach anybody. I don't know if that, that sets well with you, but if God can reach you, guess what? He can reach anybody. Uh, Paul, look at, look at the sarcasm a little bit that Paul says in verse 13. He says, but we will not boast beyond limits, but we'll boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us. To reach what? Even to you. <laughs> I don't know if that hits you the way it hits me, but it was like... <laughs> God said, hey, Paul, I want you to go to Corinth. And, and God, you know, allowed Paul to reach these people. And so that's what Paul did. And, and, God, and God said, hey, you know, I want you to reach even that guy. <laughs> and here's the cool thing about our church. The people that everybody else has written off are the people that we're after. I don't know if you realize that either. When you see the local drunk come into this church, they're welcome here. You know why? Because I probably invited them. <laughs> when you see the local divorcee that's been divorced 17 times and is a slut and still gets around and gets drunk all the time, guess what? She, guess what? Guess what? When she walks in, guess what? She's welcome here. When you see the lady or the man—I don't say man—but when you see the lady that wears too little, shows too much, doesn't look the right way, and you see them walk through the door, guess what? They're welcome here. When you see that couple that is, you know, maybe struggling with uh, same-sex attraction and they don't know where to turn and they walk in here and you go, I don't know about that couple. Listen, they're welcome here. They're welcome here. You know why? Because I probably invited them. <laughs> After four years of eating at the same restaurant, the waitress, 
the restaurant that we eat at, we invited her. And she showed up. Yep. And guess what? She's welcome here. They're all welcome here. You know why? Because I'm welcome here. <laughs> guess what? We're all in the same pen. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we're all in the same pen. We're all in the same pen of sin, right? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But listen to Ephesians chapter 2. It says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were what? Let's say it together. Even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. You see the, you see what we all have in common? We've all, we all, we were all dead in our sin, but praise God, even though we were dead in our sin, he extended his grace to us and thank God that he did. So that, so here's the bottom line. If he can reach me and he can reach you, he can reach anybody. Amen. And so you say, well, okay, Bo, he can reach me, he can reach anybody. Well, here's number three, and I'm done. Pioneers boast about what the Lord has done. Pioneers boast about what the Lord has done. I want you to notice how many times the word boast is used in this scripture. And notice in in what he says, you know, not to boast about and what he says to boast about. Look at it with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But we will not what? Boast beyond limits, but we will boast only with regard this one's going to be easy guys come on because <laughs> you only have to say one word or maybe three or four maybe but only with regard to the area of influence that god has assigned to us to reach even to you for we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach uh reach you for we were the ones to first come all the way to you with the gospel of christ we do not Boast beyond limit in our labors of others, but our hope is that as as you know, as your faith increases, our our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. But look at verse seventeen. But let the one who boasts boast in the. Say it again. Boast in the the Lord. I don't know what the, the, you know, when I hear the word boast, I think, nah, shouldn't do that, right? I mean, we shouldn't boast. I mean, that's not good, right? And it's not. I mean, if we're, you know, egotistical and we think we're better than everybody else and we're just boasting about maybe all the stuff and all the things that we have and all that stuff, that's, that's not the boasting, that, again, that we're supposed to be a part of because it's not about us. But it says, because of what Jesus has done, because uh, he, he has forgiven us, because we have been given eternal life and we don't have to fear death. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. When I, when I, as I get older in life and I think about death more, and I know some of you guys are a little further along than I am, but <laughs> I don't know why I joke and make fun of old people, but I just do because I'm getting there. But anyways, so, but that gives me, it just, it gives me a peace that passes all understanding when I know that I don't have to fear death because I know Jesus. And you say, well, what am I supposed to do about that? The Bible tells us that we should boast in what the Lord has done for us. <laughs> yeah, you may be thinking, well, I, I, I don't know about, you know, sharing the gospel. I don't, I don't know about sharing that stuff. I mean, that's just not my thing. Can I just give you a sobering thought? Here, we, here you go. You ready for this? Pick, pick up your toes. 
if God has assigned us an area of influence and we don't take advantage of that area of influence and actually share the good news with the people that he's assigned us to, then potentially those people could die and go to hell. Here's the question. Are you fulfilling your assignment? <laughs> I, think, I think we should. Listen to the words of Paul. Acts chapter 20. He's talking to some leaders in the town of Ephesus, another town, another church. Listen to what he says. When they arrived, he declared, you know that, the, that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia, uh, Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. But listen to this. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for the Jews and the Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having what? Faith in the Lord Jesus but my life is worth what? Nothing to me unless I use it for finishing what? The work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the, the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare to you today that I have been faithful if anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. Here's the thing. Paul, Paul didn't just preach about telling others about Jesus. Guess what he did? He told them himself. He didn't just stand up here and preach like I do and say, man, you know, I, you know, you guys need to go reach the world. No, what did he do? He stepped off the stage that God gave him and he influenced people day in and day out. And he walked amongst them. He didn't care if they were dirty in sin. He walked amongst them and he says, hey, guys, I want you to realize that Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could have eternal life and he can give you hope. And he did it every day. And so he could die knowing that he didn't shrink back. But he did everything in his power to influence the people that God had assigned to him. So my question is, are you fulfilling your assignment? Are you influencing the people around you with the good news of Jesus? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Here's the question that I want you to think about. Who has God assigned to you to influence for the glory of God? Who has he assigned to you? Here's the thing. Here's the next question. When was the last time you shared the good news with those 
that he's assigned to you. Again, we have all kinds of excuses. I have them too. You know, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to listen. I don't know if they'll like me anymore. I don't know if we'll still be friends. I don't know what to say. Listen, it's worth it. I'm just telling you, man, from my own experience of sharing the good news of Jesus and how he saved my life and how he can save other people's lives, it's worth it. Some people get upset. Even our family, you know, even family get upset because we, we're sharing truth with them. And it's not, you know, again, we're not to slam it in their face. We're not to shove it down their throat. But we are to simply speak the truth in love. And be led by the Holy Spirit to do that. And so maybe you're, you can't answer the question. Because you haven't shared your faith with those that God has assigned to you. Can I just ask you to make a commitment today to change? Maybe this needs to be your prayer. God, I, I need some boldness to share my faith with those that you have given me to influence. God, give me the patience and the compassion for those that may not want to hear it. God, give me the love for the people in my territory. Show me who they are. Show me who you've assigned me to. Because I desire to commit today to fulfill my assignment. Listen, nobody's looking around. I want to ask, how many people you would say, Bo, you know what? I need to do that. And I committed just now to do that. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that? Anybody? Thank you. All across the barn. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy, but the Lord's going to bless you. And the reward is much greater than the sacrifice. And so I'll be praying for you. Some of you guys are here today and some of you, you, you don't have anything to boast about in the Lord because you don't know Jesus personally. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what he's offered because you've never accepted it. You, you don't know the forgiveness that you can have in him because you've never accepted it. He's offered it. You've heard it, but you've never opened your heart to say to Jesus, hey, I want you to come in. I want you to forgive me. I want you to, to you know, get rid of my past. I want you to get rid of the bad. I want some better. I want you to get rid of the good. I want something greater. And so for some of you, you need to give your life to Jesus today. Today's your day. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, here's, here's, it, it's a simple thing. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you say, what does that mean? Well, it just simply means if you will confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that you believe that in your heart, not just in your mind, it's not just words, but you believe that in your heart, then he will come into your life and save you. He will wipe away your sin. He will give you a new life so that you can be a pioneer for him.
So maybe right there in your chair, you just need to maybe pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I I can't, you know, get to heaven on my own. I know that, that you paid a price on the cross so that I could get to heaven. And so I'm giving you my life. Forgive me of where I failed you. confess you as my Lord. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. No one's looking around, but if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you raise your hand? Anybody in the barn today? Thank you. Listen, those of you that prayed that prayer For the very first time, you have now began a new relationship with the the creator of the world. You say, well, I don't understand all that, man. I I don't even know what that really looks like or what that means. Listen, you don't have to. You don't have to. The Bible says that we are to come to Jesus like children with a simple faith, trusting in him no matter what. And so we celebrate your decision today. We celebrate it, and we want you to know what the next step is in your new ride with Christ. And so our church is here to help ride beside you so that you can grow in Christ, so that you can be a pioneer, so that we can take new ground together, so that we can claim new territory for for Jesus. And so Wes and Jill are going to come. They're going to share with you in just a second how you can take the next step. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share the good news And Lord, today, I pray that each person in this room would commit to sharing the good news with the people that you've assigned them to. May no one die and go to hell because we didn't fulfill our assignment. But may we be faithful to share the good news and boast in what you have done for us. We give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Thank you for taking time to listen to this message. If you have made a commitment today or have questions, you can contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.